The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is Mike Slapman, your host. I am a expert in fire investigations, having over 45 years experience, and I am a uh, honored to be a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators. And thanks for listening. This is Donna Ingram. I have almost 30 years experience in insurance fraud, uh, fire, and have been a past director of the IAAI. And we have a great show today. I'm really excited about it. This is like, I think this is probably my favorite show. Well, good. Because, see, here's what we have today. We have this uh, international show. We have an international show where we have people from all over the world uh, talking to us uh, about fire investigations and their countries. We have Dr. Peter Mancy who is a a certified fire investigator and a member of the Forensic Science Fellow at the Institution of Fire Engineers. He is a a PhD. Um, He has has developed a unique comprehensive methodology uh, for the series of 23 fire investigation roadmaps to enable fire investigators to identify and analyze fires. He, uh, he did that as part of his Ph.D. thesis. Um, he has participated in the highest profile fire investigations in the United Kingdom and Ireland over the last 12 years. And he was president of the IAAI uh, UK chapter between 2003 and 14 and uh, president of the IAAI between 14 and 2014 and 15. And he has uh, written a book about the Great uh, Fire of London in 1666, which has been published through Worship uh, Company of Firefighters, in which he is a liveryman in the city of London, whatever that is. And, and Peter, we will welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Nice to be in. Hi, Donna. Hello, Peter. And, and Peter, we're going to come back to you in a moment. We're just going to introduce who the guests are. Uh, we also are honored to have another uh, commander of, and head of Fire Investigations Department of Fire and Rescue Commission in Israel, uh, Ran Shalif, who is uh, my friend and who has 25 uh, fire investigators working under his command, and they investigated more than 5,000 fires every, every year throughout their country. He's a lecturer in, fi- in science of fire at Hafta University and retired after 20 uh, 24 years as a forensic scientist in the Israel, Israel National Police, um, CSI in other words. Uh, Ranch, are you there, please? Yes, I'm here and have a good night, Mike and uh, Donna. It's a great honor to be in your uh, speaking of fire today. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. And we also have uh, Ricardo Torres, who is a vice president of Invista Forensics, and he's down in Mexico City, and he is in charge of their company's Latin American operations. Um, he's, uh, he's a past uh, director of the International Association of Arson Investigators and uh, works as a consultant throughout uh, Latin America. Um, he, uh, he, and he's worked very uh, diligently with the IAAI to develop Spanish language uh, fire investigation training programs to fire investigators throughout Latin America. Uh, Rick, uh, please say hello to the listeners and, and say something in your, your tongue, please. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, uh, I, um, uh, first of all, let me thank you all for, for giving me the opportunity to be on, on this show. And uh, it is truly an honor to have been able to serve the IAAI as a director. And one of the main goals that uh, I had at that time was to um, uh, establish uh, chapters in Latin America and uh, develop our a, a bigger following, and we have been able to do that uh, as we have now representation of, of our membership in several different countries, um, including Brazil, uh, Colombia, Chile, Costa Rica, Panama, Ecuador, Argentina, and Guatemala. So, and of course, Mexico. Um, and so uh, I'll take this opportunity to say hi to all of our listeners from the Latin America countries. Eh, les mando un saludo a todos nuestros colegas que están participando en este programa, están escuchando. Eh, quiero agradecerles por su tiempo y espero que este programa les sea de mucho interés y que puedan aprender y sacar algo de beneficio de esto. Y como siempre, yo quedo a las órdenes para ayudarles en lo que puedan. Thank you, Rick. And, um, and, fi and finally, our last uh, guest uh, is, is uh, uh, Rodney Pevito, who is the, uh, he started as a part-time uh, deputy sheriff and then uh, was a special agent with the Wisconsin Department of uh, Justice Division of Criminal Investigations and uh, in the Narcotics Bureau and, uh, and got into uh, investigation of fires and explosions in the state of Wisconsin and became a private investigator uh, after serving with the Wisconsin Department of Justice um, and has been working with uh, Kubitz uh, and Associates uh, as a private investigator since his retirement. Um, he was president of the Inter uh, International uh, from 2011 to 12 and was actually a president of the Wisconsin chapter prior to that. Uh, the reason he is here is he's going to talk in a few minutes about the IAAI uh, program um, uh, uh, on uh, uh, international CFI program. Welcome, Rodney. Well, thank you, Mike and Donna, and uh, thank you for the the privilege to be as part of your program today. Thank you. We appreciate it, and we have a surprise guest who's just who's just uh, signed on with us for a moment, and it is the president of the International Association of Arson Investigators, George Cotting. And George, um, I know uh, because you're our surprise guest, you have the least amount of time. Sorry, but you, <laughs> but you will. Are you there? Are you there, sir? That's that's quite all right, Mike. Thank you. Uh, and how are you doing, Mike and Donna? Thanks for having me again. 
Thank you. Yeah, well, I wanted you to to, to urge, uh, I wanted you to, I know that this is an international show, and I just recently informed that you wanted to, to make an appearance, so uh, please say whatever you need to say, and, uh, and we have a lot of French listeners. If you wanted to say anything in French, you can. If you don't, I know you speak multiple languages. It's all right. Thank you, Mike. No, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that the uh, International Association of Arson Investigators is truly international. We are, uh, in the last few years in particular, have um, been pushing uh, a, a tremendous outreach program to make sure that we um, try to, uh, to, to reach out to investigators in all parts of the world. As you know, we have um, 79 chapters currently. 29 of those, of course, are outside of the United States. And uh, so we've been very active internationally. Uh, we hope this year to uh, form a uh, Brazil chapter uh, in, at the uh, ITC, the International Training Conference, in April. So that would bring us up to 80 chapters. And uh, we have a, a very active chapter in Central and South America, Chapter 79. I was at their meeting this year in Panama. There was, I believe, nine founding countries in that chapter, and two more um, representatives from two more countries joined us at that meeting. So it's all very exciting um, in a number of places. Our past president, Peter Mansi has done a lot of work in uh, Europe and Africa as well. So uh, I just wanted to make sure that that, that was um, put out there for your listeners, that we are uh, doing a lot of work internationally as well as uh, within the United States and truly being uh, the international association. Um, and, and that's my speech. In French, I would yeah. just say, uh, Je voulais unir et partager avec uh, les enquêteurs en incendie dans le monde entier. Pour que tout le monde puisse avoir les meilleures connaissances les meilleures, et la meilleure sécurité pour, pour tous dans le monde. Well, I thank you, uh, President uh, Cotting, and uh, I think you've done a, f a fine job as president. Uh, it, I know you're going out at the ITC, and uh, and uh, the, and Scott Bennett is uh, becoming president. But I wanted to thank you for all of your good work, in particular in, internationally, and uh, and. I know that you're in class, and I and I grabbed you out of class. So uh, you're, if you don't want to stick around, you don't have to. I, know, I think you have to go back. But I appreciate you, and 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 we wanted to say that to you. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate uh, appreciate a moment uh, to talk to you guys. And I'm going to go back. I'm at the American Academy of Forensic Sciences currently in New Orleans, and uh, uh, very very interesting. Um, Topics and something that I think we'll will continue to be involved in as well. The forensics. Ship me a king cake, community. would you? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, Thank Mr. You. President. Thank you. Thank you. So, right. past President Peter Mancy, sir. You uh you uh you are we're with the fire brigade in London, which everybody uh you know is fascinated with London. We saw uh, we know about the Beatles and uh, and uh, we watched all the movies. So, uh, tell me about the difference between uh, uh, you know the English and the American type of uh, investigation. Like who who handles it? Does the fire department do it? Does the police? Uh, how does it work? Um. Well, the the issue we have in the UK is that uh, the police investigate crime as they do in most countries in the world and the fire brigade but not all of them investigate uh, the fires and for many years uh, there was a sort of line in the sand where if it was a crime the fire investigators from the public sector stopped and um, but the police would say well we really don't do fire so uh, many years ago um, Back in uh, 
2001-2002 in the London Fire Brigade, we developed a memorandum of understanding between the London Fire Brigade and the Metropolitan Police at Scotland Yard. Uh, and this was replicated all the way around the, the UK, where we worked together at fire scenes. And that has been very successful, Mike. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, uh, does it work similarly to um, uh, in Ireland? And uh, I know there's more to the UK than in England. Not everybody understands that. Uh, in Scotland, etc. cetera. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, in, in Southern Ireland, they've uh, got, as you know, Ireland have got a, a chapter with the IAAI, and I'm involved with some of their uh, presentations as, as are um, my colleagues here in, the U- in England. And they are stepping up with their fire service uh, and carrying out more fire investigations. But the problem with most of Europe is that the fire service haven't been doing fire investigations as such. They've been recording what they think is the most probable calls uh, as a first responder level and not as a, um, a, a competent uh, fire investigator. So uh, the statistics on fires, of course, if you don't investigate, you don't know what started them, um, are, aren't that accurate. Uh, speaking of statistics, I know you recently published a, a book about a cold case review of the Great Fire of London yeah. that occurred in, in what, I don't know, said 1966. See how young we are? 1666. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> 350 years. I'll tell you why I did it. It's because uh, when I was studying for my PhD, I was spending a lot of time at the um, British Library um, here in central London. And uh, I was actually asked by um, a TV documentary team uh, to look at the the, um, the cause of the Great Fire. And uh, we, we hung a Frenchman. And, you know, sorry to, to our French colleagues, but we hung a Frenchman for setting the fire. And the question was, why would somebody investigate? Uh, why would somebody admit to starting a fire that they didn't start? And my answer to that was, how do you know he didn't start it? Uh, which prompted me on a three-year cold case review as to how the investigation was done 350 years ago, and why we convicted and hung this this person. So it was a fascinating journey. I looked at the original parliamentary report, which was published in. 1667 uh, and there was a team of 65 people I believe on the investigating uh, team and um, nobody actually visited the scene or made a sketch of anything so it was <laughs> it was a, a very interesting case. Well let me ask you this was there a uh, now there was a Mrs. O'Leary in Chicago and she had a cow Did she, they didn't she, are you sure it wasn't did they ship the cow it wasn't that right i mean for sure uh, right well that, that i'm not sure when that was that was a couple of hundred years later but it was, yeah yeah but <laughs> bad state by then but no it was uh, reportedly to have started in a baker's oven and and that's how, how it started and spread but uh mike i know you've got the book and if you know if, if yeah. you if you read it you'll see what the conclusions are um but it was a uh, um it, it wasn't investigated basically it wasn't investigated so, I know, I know, and that's, I do have your book, and I and I and I do know what the conclusion was, and that, and hey, it's a it's a cliffhanger. Don't tell anybody so they'll buy your book. Okay, it's a great idea. 
Rayan, uh, Rayan Sharif, uh, you are you are my friend, and I appreciate you. And I've never been able to pronounce your name properly. Would you like to pronounce it for the for the for the world? Yes, my name is Ron Sharif. Yes, Sharif, and that I, and I did that. And you are my friend, Mike. Uh, it's a great honor to be in contact with you and to be your friend for such so long. I appreciate that. Rand was instrumental. In fact, he's the reason that uh, NFPA 921 was uh, was first uh, uh, translated into uh, Hebrew. Uh, we were able; the international was able to uh, assist with that process. But um, I wanted to talk to you for a second about your fire brigade in in Israel. Uh, is that a is that national? And and how many firefighters are in it, Rand? Well, in Israel, we have only one national uh, fire brigade all over the country. It's a small country. It's about one-seventh from uh, Illinois country, in its, uh, and the population is about 800, 8 million people. That's all. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not a big country, and we have only one national fire brigade. Uh, we have about 2,000 firefighters all over the country, which is not enough. Uh, it's only one firefighter per 4,000 4, citizens. Oh, wow. That's, that's not a lot of people, and, and uh, you're right. Uh, and you have, a, you have a, I don't know how big a problem you have in, in, uh, in um, Israel, but I know in 2011 you had a, a big re- reform in your organization, some uh, why was why did that happen, Rand? Yes, on the, uh, December the second, two thousand and ten, there was a bushfire, ring fire, and forty-four people died, and that's made uh, a, a great change in the Israel Fire Brigade. There was a big reform, and now we are national uh, fire brigade. And I came from the police. I was. I uh, worked there for uh, 24 years in the, in the Israeli CSI and tried to build a new fire investigation uh, organization in the fire brigade. And now we have it. We have about 26 uh, firefighters which became uh, uh, fire investigators, and they are all well organized all over the country, and we have about... 5,400 fire investigation a year, which is a lot. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, you're also teaching. Are you not teaching? At, you're at Haifa University. You're a forensic scientist, I know, and you're lecturing. In, in the, it's it's uh, on fire investigations. Is that what you teach? Yes. Uh, this is a new uh, advantage to, to learn and to be a lecturer in the university, and I like the idea to be a lecturer for many years, and now I have the opportunity when I'm working in the fire brigade to do uh, to lecture one uh, day every week. So I like it very much, and I think it is very important that people will know more about fires and one of the main issues I'm, t- I'm talking about is the connection between fire protection and fire investigation, which is very interesting and very important. 
and um, we, we do it uh, in the university. And one of the main issues we are starting with it is about the big fine London, 1666. Uh, to understand <laughs> that once we had a fire and all great parts of London were um, destroyed by the fire, and now we cannot have it. We don't like it, so we have fire protection, and we are working a lot with the NFPA uh, in order to have the right uh, ideas how to prevent from such fires. Thank you for that, and uh, nice to talk to you. Okay. Yeah. So stay. If you'll stay on, we're going to go on to our next guest, and we're going to, in a moment after we do all, all four of you, we're going to uh, have an interchange of thoughts. But go uh, ahead. After a break. Yes. Rick, you're down in Mexico, and first of all, you talked about all the different countries, and what types of fires are investigated in Mexico and in those countries? Um. What type of fires? Well, just the uh, same as everywhere else. We have uh, uh, the full uh, spectrum of, uh, you know, house fires, uh, car fires, um, uh, marine, uh, wildland, uh, just like everywhere else. Uh, but um, specifically, uh, the uh, most of the work that I do is uh, obviously for the insurance companies and um for the most part, it's uh, commercial industrial uh, properties that uh, we investigate um, as, uh, as private investigators. Uh, but the um, all the other fires do get investigated by the uh, here in, in Mexico specifically. I'm talking about uh, the um, attorney general's office is responsible for uh, conducting the investigations, and they usually have a um, a um, division or a group of uh, people that uh, will uh, do that investigation for them. So it's uh, a little bit different from the states, but uh, for the most part, it's, uh, and uh, one of the biggest differences also is is that most of these uh, uh, folks that work for the Attorney General's office, uh, whether it's the state or the federal, um, they're usually engineers, uh, so they do have uh, a very good, solid background. Is that is that true also in in I'm uh, in uh, like uh, Brazil and in Chile and uh, Venezuela and, and places like that? Well, in in Brazil specifically, uh, now that you ask, the Brazil uh, Fire Service uh, is uh, paramilitary uh, in that they are um, very um, um, uh, they they follow a very close uh, resemblance to the the military. And that they uh, that they do have uh, you know a, a pretty solid uh, organization, um, and it's usually run by through the states, and they're the ones that have uh, fire investigators within those uh, uh, fire departments that are assigned to do the investigation. So they are different uh, from some of the other countries. Uh, Venezuela also has. Uh, a group of uh, fire investigators within the fire department, but they also have, uh, they're also assisted by the local police uh, and the forensics teams that work for the police agencies, and they usually work hand-in-hand on on some of those fires. So when you talk about uh, places like Ecuador, um, where they do have uh, 
the fire department uh, personnel uh, assigned to do fire investigations. Uh, there are some other countries like uh, Chile where the um, the fire department uh, is strictly volunteer uh, for the most part in most of the country except for Santiago. Uh, but they, they do have um, uh, different uh, entities that are responsible for the investigations. So it can vary from country to country. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, um, it's. Uh, I'm really glad that you're there because you can you can uh, you can speak uh, the languages, uh, and you've really been active in getting those uh, Latin American countries to to join the IAAI and to increase training in those areas. Uh, when we come back, and we're going to be at a break here in a minute, but when we're going to come back, we're going to talk to Rod Pevito, who's the chairman of the CFI uh, Committee, Certified Fire Investigator Committee for the International Association of Arson Investigators, and we're going to uh, we're going to get him to, to talk about how you get a CFI in other portions of the world, and then we're going to have a discussion with all of our guests. Go I on. also would like to hear a couple of cases from each of them. Some interesting cases. Yes, uh, yeah, it's, that would be great. Yeah, we if you if, if each of you can think of a, an interesting case you'd like to to tell when we come back, we'll start with that. Uh, so um, let's do that. Let's uh, let's take our break now and and uh, and come back for the interesting stories from our our international guests. So come back to speaking of fire. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. Fireanalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact fireanalysis.net. That's fireanalysis.net. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. Now, we, we also are, uh, well, I, I promised you, and we're going to talk to Rod Pevito from, from Wisconsin. And it's not cold up there today, he told me. So uh, you can actually, although he is at a fire scene. Uh, Rod, would, you're the chairman of the uh, IAAI uh, Certified Fire Investigator Committee. And I know that there has uh, been the IAAI uh, CFI throughout the United States for years. But um, and also internationally now, can you tell us uh, something about that program? Certainly, Mike. Uh, there's about a little over 2,300 people in the world that are certified as fire investigators through the IAAI. And the IAAI is an accredited body by the Pro Board and the Forensic Specialty Accreditation Board. Um, but of those numbers, uh, we've been seeing a growing number of people from outside the United States participate. You know, obviously Canada is a strong partner, but uh, through a lot of the work that Peter did when he was president, uh, the European countries, the U.K., uh, Netherlands, Finland, Spain, even Bulgaria, all have individuals that are certified fire investigators. And now um, we're seeing more and more members come from the Latin American countries and uh, quite a few members from uh, the Asian countries. Uh, South Korea has been steadily uh, uh, showing more interest, and they have several individuals that are certified, and I know there's some people from Hong Kong coming up. So, you know, the interest is increasing throughout the world in the certification program that IAAI administers. Well, I sure appreciate that, too, because, uh, you know, it was only in, well, uh, when we started doing the international outreach, um, uh, I know that Peter and and uh, and Rick uh, have been instrumental in that. And uh, and is there any uh, ongoing? How do, how does somebody get an IAAI uh, CFI in another country? And they might not even speak uh, a good English. Well, we, the committee works with all the individuals who make application. Uh, even if they don't have English skills. We do have our application. Um, they submit the required paperwork. We take into account that each country may have a, a different program for different types of uh, degrees, things like that, experience. So we, we look at those, review them, match them to the criteria that we presently have, and then once that's approved, uh, they go through a, a testing methodology. We have a, a written test that in some cases has been translated into different languages. And then we make uh, accommodations for those individuals that we don't have that written test for to uh, test by being challenged by an oral board in their preferred language skills. So we try to be accommodating in every way and uh, yet maintain the integrity of the program. And, uh, yes, and, and uh, who, does the, um, who does the assessment uh, for the international uh, stuff? For the well, international, as far as the review of the applications, uh, those are done by committee members for within the state, and I do the ones that are from outside the continental United States. When we're doing talking about the assessments on uh, the testing part, it's a group of people who are certified fire investigators um, who are given uh, a set number of questions and uh, work to solicit a, a pre-outlined. Uh, response from them working within the various languages, because sometimes the translation between uh, the English word and the, the word of a given country is a little bit different, and, and we work for that, and uh, 
we we create a level playing field for all those individuals. Oh, that's great. Um, now, um, so now, as as promised earlier, we we said we would uh, we would ask uh, uh, for some stories, uh, and we would go uh, to each of you for that. So. Uh, Peter, have you got a little brief story for us so that we can end up going to the panel? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things that I got involved with, one of the most challenging fire investigation cases, was uh, two firefighters that were killed in East London in 2004. And certainly uh, that was the year that I attained my CFI um, uh, accreditation. And um, I've took that exam in St. Louis, and that certainly uh, helped me to focus um, on a, a really thorough investigation uh, because being involved with the IRRI um, allows me to constantly um, upskill, um, talk to others, uh, learn new methodologies and procedures, and because of the... Um, the thoroughness of the investigation that I did, and that got known within our chapter, I was, you know, I would say fortunate enough, and I think a, a, only a fire investigator would understand, uh, then get involved and be invited to support or lead on other firefighter fatalities um, in, in the UK and in Ireland. And the reason I use that as an example is uh, everyone knows that whatever the investigation is it's done not to apportion blame but to stop it happening again and certainly with uh, some of these uh, terrible fatalities that firefighters and fire departments suffer if you know the cause of the fire and you know what went wrong during the uh, operations um, section of, of the firefighting because you do a thorough fire investigation I don't mean an accident investigation but the fire investigation, it, it certainly helps not only the court but the families um, to come to terms with it. So Right. And I, I think you're absolutely correct because uh, that's our primary thing is fire prevention and the deterrence of arson. Uh, Ran, you have a, a unique problem in, uh, in Israel where you not only do you have the normal uh, type of uh, accidental fires, uh, but you also have terrorism um, and uh, do you have a, a story for the the public here uh, that could uh, illustrate what kind of things that you do? Yes, one one third from all the investigations are as a result of arson. One of the big uh, investigations we had here in the ne in the last years were in the, a big house, big building that was co collapsed as a result of arson in Akko, the city of Akko. And in this building, there, there were five uh, people died there, and we had to investigate, like archaeologists, we had to find gasoline in between the ruins. And we had three suspects. So the police uh, find the cellulars, and they talked in between themselves about in between themselves about gasoline, and then we could convict them in in court. So they are sitting now for 16 years, every one of them. And the reason was they set on fire in in order to uh, they didn't want that 
cellular antenna will go on in the city of Echo because they believe that it is uh, it, uh, goes on as a cancer um, uh, an agent of right. the, yes. The, it, yes it causes uh, cancer for the population around the antenna that's uh, that's the first time I've heard that one so yes that's, uh, it, it that's is a, there's also, and if you talked about uh, uh, fires, we had uh, ring fires all over the country in November, and great part of them was, were the part of uh, terrorism acts all over the country. We had about 4,600 fires, bushfires, all over the country, and uh, part of them was a result of arson by uh, terrorists. Right, right. Wildland fires are tough. Uh, I mean, it, it, I know they, they are uh, they're a specialty, and, and I'm sorry. I remember when that was going on, and I was uh, praying for your country. Um, so, so, hey, so now we need to go to, to Rick. Uh, Rick, you've got a, a story for us uh, that uh, you can uh, come. I know you've, what, how many thousands of fires have you worked? So, <laughs> right. yeah, you'll have one here for us. Go ahead. Well, <clears throat> let me um, let me think. I, I can tell you right now that the the, the, the one one of the most interesting um, uh, cases that I've worked um, it was this last year uh, here in Mexico was the uh, the case with the forty three students that disappeared, <clears throat> and there was a um, group of. Uh, um, I believe a group from Argentina that came in and did an investigation uh, alongside the PGR and uh, their findings for the uh, um, the bodies or the remains that were found at a uh, dump um, was um, uh, that uh, there was not a fire uh, that had occurred there and that uh, that it is impossible to burn. Uh, 43 bodies in the way that uh, the uh, the accused uh, were uh, when they were when they provided statements about what had happened. Uh, their version was questioned, and uh, so uh, they put into question the findings from the PGR and uh, the other group. And so um, the PGR, which is a, a Attorney General's office for uh, Mexico, contracted. Uh, uh, myself, uh, John DeHaan, um, uh, Dr. Quinteri, Dr. Saldana from Mexico, uh, and uh, Dr. Torero from, I believe he's from Peru, and um, uh, I'm forgetting the, the last gentleman, but uh, um, we we did our uh, analysis of the uh, the evidence that was recovered from that site, and we came back with a uh, with some findings. Um, certainly, we wanted to do additional testing for um, that scenario that was presented, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to complete that study. But it's interesting that uh, some of that uh, uh, some of the uh, information that is already public, and that's why I'm talking about it, uh, even though mm-hmm. I, I I really can't get into the details of it, but. Um, um, the information that's come out is uh, 
that there was a test done on a big carcass to show that um, you know it's impossible to um, uh, completely uh, burn a uh, pig carcass um, just using wood. And there's already out there in um, a test that has been done uh, by Dr. DeHaan and uh, a couple other individuals. I believe um, one in the UK that was on a particular case uh, that's, um, that I saw on Netflix uh, <laughs> uh, about where you uh, where they did uh, some experiments and were able to uh, reduce a uh, well, DeHaan has been able to reduce a human body to um, ashes, uh, small uh, bone fragments. And uh, so it's it's kind of uh, um, interesting that if 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 we really truly uh, stick to the scientific method of doing these tests and experiments, that we can prove or disprove uh, certain um, scenarios and hypotheses as to um, how a fire occurred um, and. Um, um, I'm hopeful that we're, we'll be able to finish that testing uh, in the near future so that uh, we can put that uh, to bed once and for all. Yeah, right. Isn't, isn't that the truth that science doesn't change, but our learning does? Mm-hmm. And that is the whole purpose of the IAAI and us communicating, uh, just like in this setting. And I know we're going to go into a panel discussion here, mm-hmm. but to... It, the, no matter what country we're in, fire burns up and out. Yes, <laughs> I mean that's science. Physics. Yes. And and and, and speaking of training, uh, Rod, this has been the this has been the thrust of of your career and my career is not only in uh, in investigation of fires but training. Um, can you talk to us? For, uh, not not give us a give us a story, but. Uh, also underline that uh, the importance of continued training for the fire investigator. Sure. Um, I'd just like to make one comment, and I think it's something that sure. we frequently forget, and our colleague from uh, Israel reminded me of it. Uh, fire is the oldest weapon of mass destruction in the world. It's been used by the military for years. It's still used by terrorists. It can be used by individuals, and yet it's the simplest weapon of mass destruction to acquire and put to ill use. And, and I, I think that people always have to remember that as friendly as we can be with fire and enjoy the the warmth of a campfire or the glow of a candle, it it is a very destructive force when it's in the wrong hands. And uh, certainly the example that uh, Rand cited was a a great example. But, you know, I think back of a case that I did when I, we had a, a gang leader who was charged with murder who was waiting in a jail, and he was actually able to contract two individuals outside the jail who went and threw Molotov cocktails into the prosecutor's home. And the mm. prosecutor, fortunately, and his family escaped. And, you know, it was an easy fire to work on. And I also recall that many years ago with the IAAI, when we were in Niagara Falls, we had a speaker from Israel who came and talked about Molotov cocktails and the use investigating fires. And I was able to draw on some of that in that investigation. The biggest thing about that investigation, and it's true of all the ones that we do, it, it, it couldn't be solved by one individual or one department. We had 
six or seven agencies, both federal, state, and local agencies, who cooperated together, brought all types of resources together, just like Rick was talking about in his investigation. And fortunately, in that case, we were able to identify the, the arsonist. We identified the link to the gang leader, and all of them uh, received extensive prison sentences because of their, their roles in that. But uh, these investigations are complex, and we need the community, the local officials, the state, the federal, you know, and outside private resources to come in to combat these crimes and work on prevention. It's all very important. Yes, thank you, and, and you're correct. And I, I know that... Uh, that you've been instrumental in in uh, in teaching all over the world. And Ran, uh, you were nice enough when uh, when I was a president and and going out of office in in uh, Washington, uh, D.C. You were uh, kind enough to play piano in in, uh, in the suite that they had given me. I was honored for that. And you had um, brought over because we asked you to um, a class in. Um, in like explosive uh, vests and things of that nature, um, are you are you teaching um, that any of that in, in other uh, sections of the world at the moment? Because I know you're a lecturer. And no, I'm doing it only in Israel right now, but I'd be happy to do it wherever I can because I have a lot of experience working with uh, fires and uh, LPG explosion and. Uh, we right now have a lot of experience in fire investigation in Israel. Yes, and I'm am sorry that you have as much uh, exposure as as Rod just said uh, to the this massive uh, uh, destruction by terrorism. Uh, uh, no, Peter, you you, um, you have spread the word throughout Europe and and been very instrumental in 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 causing the the uh, different. Uh, uh, areas to receive training and also join the international. Um, do you have some kind of uh, Do you have some kind of um, regular uh, program that you uh, put on in different uh, countries? Well, what what's happened, um, Mike, over the years is um, we've in, in the UK chapter we've tried to support uh, some of the European chapters. I've presented a couple of times in Finland and Holland and uh, certainly um, uh, in uh, France. And what uh, we've found over the years is it's difficult for some countries to get the support from their uh, employers or their agencies, but they're, they're hungry for knowledge. And at our last annual training conference, which was uh, two weeks ago, we had people from the, the Nordic chapters, uh, from Spain, from Bulgaria, from uh, all over Europe, and that they are willing to travel. So uh, we, had, we had a guy from um, Switzerland. So what I'm actually in the process of doing, which is uh, subject to uh, the execs and the board's approval, is I'm looking to um, get a, a representative from every European country to sit on uh, like a, a central chapter, as it were, the central European chapter, um, which is what we did with Africa. You know, South Africa is a strong chapter and uh, there were uh, people traveling from all the different African countries to their conferences. And South Africa took the brave and um, 
very courageous step to change their name to the African chapter to include all those people, uh, which really brings the um, the IWI partnership around the world even closer. I mean, talking to you know, listening to Rand's voice and we haven't seen each other for many years. I think it's it's such a small world. You know, we need to get these people that can't make it all the way across to the states. <laughs> perhaps try and do something more centrally and include the knowledge that Rand's got and we've got here and share it with our members. So it's hard work, but, you know, people are so receptive and they, they really, really are um, hungry for that knowledge. Right, right. I wanted to ask each of you, and I'll start with you, Rick, on what do you see as your, I don't want to, your biggest obstacle, your biggest challenge in fire investigation in your respective area? Well, um, we've we've certainly come a long way, and I've done a lot of uh, made a lot of improvements uh, uh, with the uh, uh, community down in Latin America as far as um, learning from each other about using scientific method, and and um, um, I think we've we've uh, made a lot of gains in that respect, and that uh, there's a lot of uh, recognition now of NFPA 921. 1033 uh, and the IAAI, which has uh, been very uh, uh, instrumental in, in putting together uh, uh, training programs in Spanish. And so if we continue to do that, uh, if we continue to uh, develop our training uh, and uh, education programs in Spanish language, I think that'll certainly get us uh, further ahead of where we're at right now and certainly will make a greater impact on how investigations are conducted uh, in Latin America. Well, good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I was really happy to see that they were doing the Spanish language um, interpretations, etc. Uh, Rod, you, you, we have a uh, your co-chair is, uh, is Kirk Hankins, who's on the steering committee for the CFITrainer.net uh, modules for fire investigators. Um, do, do you um, anticipate or do you have any uh, information about um, any further outreach through CFI Trainer to to the international community? Well, I, I believe that that's always a constant source of discussion. I know that, you know, the the idea of translation, sometimes all of the words don't match up with the entire Spanish-speaking community when we look at it globally, so that's one of the challenges they face. But we certainly realize that that is a large segment of our global community, and I know that we're working to develop training courses through CFI Trainer as well as the international, and uh, we presently also have the uh, CFI exam is uh, undergoing a translation into the Spanish language so that we Good. are able to offer that more consistently in those countries. Okay, so well, all right. So, um, what about uh, uh, Ran? Um, you're you've got a small country. You've got a big problem, and you and I. I'm sorry to hear that you don't have more firefighters out there. Um, what's your What's your uh, biggest challenge uh, that you think uh, for what, since one third of your fires are arson? Uh, what What's your biggest challenge? Do you think? Well, our biggest challenges, in addition to the importance of knowledge for all the fire investigators in order that 
they will be the best as they can do. I think um, my big challenge is to analyze failures because these are my diamonds. In order to lower the number of deaths and uh, injuries in fires all over the country, in order to do it, uh, we found that uh, buses are putting in fire during uh, um, uh, driving, and we have now sprinklers all over the bus engines in the country. Mm. And I see as a main goal in order to understand what is the cause for lithium batteries because they are getting into our lives all over. And we have to understand what is the cause for these uh, fires. And Mm -hmm. I see it as a main goal to understand it because we're going on uh, everywhere with uh, lithium uh, batteries with our cellular phones, and we have uh, bikes, electrical bikes all over the country. So uh, they, uh, we had about 45 uh, uh, fires in uh, houses in, only in Tel Aviv, in one city, is as a result of lithium batteries. So we are trying to understand what is the reason for it. Right, the failures of of, of uh, products uh, are are, uh, are constant throughout the the world, and I, I know that. And I'm, I'm I know that uh, with you being a forensic scientist, that you are are at the cutting edge of that. Uh, Peter, uh, we're going to be going off here in a couple minutes, so I just need you to say uh, something that that you believe. Uh, I'll ask, ask each of you quickly to say what you believe uh, the future is for for the United Kingdom and Europe uh, as far as fire investigations are concerned. I think that uh, our continuing um, uh, relationship and membership of the IAAI will just conti- uh, further improve the standards of fire investigation um, throughout Europe and throughout the world because I think this show that you've put together uh, demonstrates that wherever you are in the world, Donna said it earlier, you know, fire's fire. Um, it, it doesn't speak a language, but we'll learn to talk to each other and learn from each other. So I'm positive that we're just going to get better at our job and make the world a safer place. Thank you, Peter. And, and uh, Ran, uh, what do you think uh, the future will hold for your section of the world? Well, I think that the knowledge is very important and uh, being part of the IAAI is one of the main goals for my people and I'm trying to have two from my colleagues to, to be in every uh, session of the IAAI every year. Thank you and I hope to see you again at the ITC. And how about you Rick, what do you see? Well we've uh, chapter 79 has done a really good job of uh, organizing uh, the, the group of uh, folks from the different countries, which has been a really uh, 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 complicated and maybe not so complicated, but just it, it, it brings some challenges because um, there's folks from different countries that have to, uh, and they do, they meet regularly on the site uh, to uh, plan for like this last year we did our first conference. And we're already planning our conference for uh, this year uh, in November in uh, Mexico. 
So um, as long as we continue to do that, I, I, I can foresee that our membership is going to grow in each country that is represented in Chapter 79 will eventually have its own chapter. And uh, That's great. I'm looking. Yeah. No, thank you. For I that. was going to say I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's that's very exciting. I love it when new chapters pop up. Rodney, you've got 30 seconds. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're, we're running all about out of time. time. Well, just real briefly. I mean, I I think with the worldwide acceptance and more recognition of NFPA 921 and the strong ties of the IAAI with NFPA and CFI, um, you know, our program is just going to continue to expand worldwide. Uh, for the, the betterment of the, the whole fire investigation community and the citizens that we serve. I appreciate you all. Please uh, stay with us after we go off the air because we're going to say goodbye to you because we don't have time now. I wanted, I wanted to say please come next week. We're going to have uh, Fire in the Media with Rod Amon, who does CFITrainer.net. And also uh, uh, Chris Katz, a friend of mine that I've been on his show. He's going to be on my show. It's Fire in the Media. And he's a local TV personality here in Kansas City. Thanks so much. Thank you for, for uh, being with Speaking of Fire. And come again next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 